Respiratory HQ's Journey to Success podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Peel, and in today's episode, I am going to summarize basically three weeks worth of work talking about study strategies. So if, if you're just tuning in, for the past three weeks, we have had students from various programs come onto the podcast and talk about study strategies that they have employed that they have found really successful at, on their journey in RT school. So I'm going to attempt to summarize those, plus a few students emailed me and direct messaged me some of their strategies. So I'm just going to kind of roll everything together in a summary, but I'm going to really encourage you to go back and listen to those three separate podcasts because the students have so much more information that is going to be um, valuable to you as a student, much more than what I can summarize. So go back and listen if you haven't, but today we're going to summarize them, and I'm going to summarize everything into two categories, and those two categories are going to be number one, personal studying, and number two, group studying. So let's talk about personal studying and effective strategies. So number one, one of the suggestions was to read the chapter before your instructor lectures. Now, oftentimes you may read that chapter and it doesn't make sense, but at least you'll come to class with an idea of what's going to be discussed. So reading the chapter was critical. Then number two, completing any lesson objectives that were given to you for the actual lesson. So whether your instructor makes them, whether they're the lesson objectives in the textbook, the importance of using lesson objectives. Now, as an instructor, I will say this. If you're going to complete those lesson objectives, I would complete them after the lecture has been given. That way they'll make more sense and you can answer them more thoroughly. And I tell my students to use those lesson objectives as the beginning point for studying for the exams. Just start studying by making sure you understand the answers to the lesson objectives. Okay, a third strategy with personal studying was to utilize the instructor resources. Whatever resources your instructor gives you use them. So for example, in our program, uh, we lecture traditionally off of PowerPoint lectures and the students actually get handouts of our PowerPoints. That way they don't feel like they have to take notes on every single thing that's on the PowerPoint because they have the PowerPoint. So whatever resources your instructors give you, use them. Okay, in conjunction with those resources, you also need to take your own notes during lecture and lab. I'll just tell you, my students usually say about me, if my mouth is moving, they need to be writing. If it's not on the slides and I'm spending time talking about it, it's important. So you are going to be taking notes around what your instructor gives you. So you should be actively note-taking. Um... Another strategy was to re-watch or re-listen to your instructor's lectures. Okay, so we Zoom all of our lectures. Um, we record them on Zoom, and so the, the students are sent the link afterwards, and they can re-watch that lecture as many times as they want. Now, if your instructor doesn't do something of the sort, you can still record those lectures. Use your phone as a voice recording, and then you can replay those those lectures lectures, picking up content that you might have missed the first time. And the beauty of this is you can play them as often as what you need them to solidify concepts. Um, 
Another strategy was to go to outside resources. Um, so this may be going to look at content on YouTube created by somebody else. Now, I will say from an instructor standpoint, you have to be very careful. There are some, there's content out there that's really, really great. There's content out there that maybe isn't so great. It just, it doesn't match with the NBRC content outlines for the TMC and the CSE. So I tell my students, um, they can use Respiratory Coach. Respiratory Coach's content is rock solid. He teaches in an accredited respiratory care program. I also suggest um, the Ninja Nerds. They have a YouTube channel. They're medical students. They've got a lot of stuff beyond respiratory, but their stuff is pretty comprehensible. Um, and they've, they've got a lot of RT content. Also, um, Respiratory HQ, I just started this year. I've got some content on my YouTube channel, so see if that helps you there. So going to outside resources can be an effective method of studying or um, going outside to understand content. People say it in different manners. So utilize that. Just be careful of who you utilize. And then um, technology. Let's talk about technology. So a lot of people like flashcards. That's very low-tech, very inexpensive, but very effective. So the use of flashcards, and flashcards are typically used more towards recall questions, but a, an, an effective strategy for beginning to study content. Um, if you're more of a digital format kind of person, Quizlets allows you to make your own flashcard type things. They um, actually, Quizlets has a lot of example test questions online. Now, you got to remember the people that make them may or may not know how to make exam questions, so you got to be careful there sometimes. Um, Good Notes was mentioned quite often. It's an app that you can actually import your instructor resources and write around that. Um, you can import pictures, like if you took pictures from lab or not or whatnot. So Good Notes is uh, really was an app that people mentioned more than once. And then utilizing your iPad or tablet or even your cell phone to take pictures during lab so you can go home and have pictures of what your instructor demoed in lab one of the students this is really you should go back and listen to um the the podcast from scarlett Luis. she talked about using her ipad to take pictures of different ventilator user interfaces so she knew how to set up the various ventilators and then she took notes on top of those pictures so i highly recommend taking pictures during lab and one other thing let's talk about is how to study effectively. So nobody's brain can study four hours nonstop, okay? And if you're doing something like that, that's not a, an effective method for studying. So you, when you are studying um, individually, should study for no more than 50 minutes at a time. Okay, you, if you want to break that up into smaller segments, I'm all about that, but no more than 50 minutes because typically after 50 minutes, nothing is staying in your short-term memory. So 50 minutes at the most, get up, take a good 10 or 15 minute break, and then come back and study again. But don't study for excessively long periods of time. All right, the second category I'm going to summarize everything into is the group studying category. And I am going to say this, almost 
everybody I talked to talked about the value of group studying. And I can tell you going back into my records for the past four or five years in my program, I'm thinking a lot of the students that I I lost to the program that didn't complete our program, they were probably more introverted people that didn't connect with the group. And so I think had I thought about it then to really talk about the value of group studying, I probably would have. And with my new students that have come in this semester, we are really talking about teaming up and studying as a group. So let's really talk about this and the importance of studying as an individual first so that you have good, useful knowledge to bring to that group study session. Because if you are a student that is just going to come into a group study and that's going to be your main method of studying, like you haven't studied prior to, you're not really contributing to the group. And from a team player aspect, that that can create hard feelings. If you are somebody that just typically comes in and you sit there and you let the bulk of the other members of the group do all the work while you sit there and you don't contribute, that makes those people that are contributing and that have brought something to the table, quite honestly, that makes them feel used. Okay, so it's really important from the aspect of team dynamics that you be part of that team, that part of that group. You study individually before you come to a group session. Another thing about studying groups was the size of the group. Most people thought smaller groups, being anywhere from two to four people, were probably more effective than larger groups. And when I say larger groups, I mean that uh, a group that's larger than four people has more people in it than four people. The thought was that the bigger the group, the the more variation you had in individual personalities, uh, the harder time there was in maintaining focus within the group. We're having a smaller number of people. It was, um, I guess, maybe a more intimate group of people. And by saying that, I mean people that really got to know each other really well and were able to understand each other's personalities, understood how each person learned. And then those type of groups, if they studied together all the time, they had more effective type of study sessions. Another thing about study groups, you have to have at least one person in that group that is fairly knowledgeable about the content. All right, and this is uh, something that I really, from an instructor standpoint, want to point out. If you have two people in a group that are both struggling with the same content, there is nobody to take the lead into those deeper discussions. And I don't know how effective that type of small group study session is going to be. So when you're looking to partner with a group, make sure that somebody in that group or two people in that group have um, probably a higher level of understanding. Um, in a group of people, there are always going to be those that lead and all those that follow, and there's nothing at all wrong with that type of dynamic in a study group. So just make sure you've got somebody that is pretty strong in that knowledge base. And really from um, a standpoint of learning, if you are in a study group and you seem to be the one that is explaining a lot of the content to the other members of the group, that's fantastic for you because there is no learning like the learning 
that has to be done in order to teach something. Um, so to be able to verbalize and explain to somebody else, mean, well, it actually solidifies your knowledge base. Um, and then, guys, those of you that are in that study group as you're learning, I want you guys to work really hard on making sure that you can give verbal explanations about things because those verbal explanations are are lead to a deeper understanding than just what simple recall questions will give you and you can't really talk about study groups without talking about the discussions that lead to critical thinking so as an instructor i'm going to tell you this is the number one reason i want students to study in groups because if you have a group of students that now have worked through the content that understand the content they start asking the deeper questions of the the whys to everything's the what ifs to everything and then there's going to be times that those in those conversations that nobody knows the answer, which is going to have you dig deeper into your resources, dig deeper into the content. I mean, it really, really flushes out some good clinical, uh, critical thinking skills. So I don't think critical thinking skills can be built by most people studying by themselves. I think it really has to be tied to the discussions that happen in a small group, two to four people. And another advantage of studying group is the bonds that are formed between the members of that group. Um, if you missed the, the podcast with Keisha Parker, go back and listen to that because she talks quite a bit about her group that she studies with. The, those group of women, they've become best friends and they are, they are friends outside of life. Nobody really understands what you're going through in respiratory therapy school except the other students that are in your cohort. And she talks a lot about the benefits of of studying in a group that it goes beyond just studying. It goes into life. It goes into friendship. It goes into really building a family or building a tribe. And one final thing about study groups, we've talked about them as if they have to occur face to face. And they absolutely do not. Um, I talked to several groups of people that they form study groups online through the use of Zoom. Um, the big disadvantage doing Zoom is if you don't have a membership, if you don't pay for Zoom, it times you out after 40 minutes. But Zoom was an effective um, platform to use for group studying. Or um, Teams, um, I think that's a Microsoft product, Microsoft Teams, and that was something that some schools have available to students um, with their resources. So studying doesn't have to be face-to-face. -face. Studying doesn't have to occur just in the midst of the day at school. It can occur at any time through the use of technology. So uh, you can be cities apart and still study with a group in an online method. That's it for today's episode, everybody. Tune in next week, and we're going to start talking about workflow and time management strategies that you can employ in RT school that'll help you manage your time while studying. And until then, I want you to work on those study strategies, do great on your tests, and I'll see you next week.